What's up, everybody? TJ Schwartz here. I'm sitting here with Lucas Burnley. You're listening to the Edge and Flow podcast. Hopefully, you can't hear my 3D printer. It's right in the other side of the room. I actually turned my microphone away from it. Um, it's printing something pretty cool. But how are you doing, man? Dude, I'm doing good. I was trying to hear your 3D printer. I know. I can't it's listening it. in. Yeah, <laughs> I want to know what you're working up. on now. Right. Yeah. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you, but it's after the pod. Sorry, okay. everybody. Nice. What's up, guys? How's it going? It's two weeks in a row. We're like, we're feeling pretty good about this right now. Yeah. Two weeks in Solid. a row. Solid. Consistency. Yeah. We got to break our last record. I think we did like five or six weeks in a row, but we got to, we got to top we'll that. Get, we'll get back. We'll get back. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, so we were, we were talking before we started recording and we we're like, Hey, what do you, what do you want to talk about today? And I threw out the fact that uh, I've been busy and TJ called me on it and he's like, Hey, we basically have been starting every episode by saying that we are busy. But then we talked about that and <laughs> decided that the act of saying that you're busy is maybe something to talk about. Mm-hmm. Why don't you take that one for a minute? Yeah, it's kind of meta. Um, I, I've kind of internalized some thoughts about that like some time ago, and it sounds like you have too, but I, yeah. I like haven't been putting it into practice. But that what I've heard in the past, I can't remember where I heard it, was like, if you say you're busy or if you believe you're busy, you will be. And like, that's the way your brain will go into a mode of busy and a mode of being frantic, a mode of being like stressed. Um, and it's kind of like you get into that kind of woo woo stuff of like the aura that you look for is what you'll find kind sure, of thing. Sure. Um, but I do agree that like, if you want to call it like victimhood mentality or whatever, it's like, if you're going to proclaim that you're busy, yep. um, you're not really taking control of the situation you're not really um i don't know rising above it if you just if that's just what the label is 24 7 it's like a default it's we well we were joking because like i in my early 30s made a conscious decision to try and stop saying that i was busy when like people asked how i was so we're like a decade past that and it's like full circle Mm -hmm. Um, but it is, it's kind of like, it's like kind of a default of our day. The, I think like the irony of it is that everyone is busy. Exactly. So it's like, you're kind of just saying like, I'm existing, Yeah. which maybe it's like also not a bad thing to say. Right. Um, but yeah, I think there's, I think there's definitely a couple of like deeper thoughts around it, which is like one, uh, being busy. I don't think is a goal, Mm -hmm. right? It's not like a badge of honor. You're like, I'm busy. Uh, I see like busy in a certain way as like inefficiency Mm -hmm. because you have small things occupying all of your time. Um, And then the second part of that might be like an acceptance around it and like a reframing of it. And that kind of plays into your thought of like what you are kind of like manifesting Mm -hmm. like are you harried and busy you know or are you doing a lot like i don't know yeah yeah it's it's good to think about i think because like you said i think the main point is dude everybody's busy everybody's busy everybody's got a full day ahead of them so it's like it's true you can kind of skip over that part and talk about the cool things on our plate that we're working on that obviously well, I want to stay up in this time. dude. I want to, st- yeah. I want to stay in yeah. like for small business 
like what the thought process is mm-hmm. and if it's something that you're like actively combating like you guys are running hard okay so on a daily basis are you looking at it and going oh man we're so busy um, or yes and no uh okay. i think w- i think what makes me feel busy is like our capacity and our manufacturing is going so smooth that Mm -hmm. it doesn't actually make me feel that busy on that side. I think what, where that like busy feeling comes from is actually, uh, it's like the, the pileup of little things at the Mm -hmm. top level of business of like, like I just got the paperwork to file my Idaho state, you know, sales tax report. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like it seems like every hour there's like another thing like that, you know what I mean? Um, and so that's what makes me feel that feeling of like frazzle, you know what I mean? Um, and so none of those things are like undertakings, you know what I mean? But they're just, it just, everything comes at you. And so I think, uh, I've been trying to, I've got a a notebook in front of me right now and I make lists and I've, I've tried to get better and better at lists. And so it used to be, I just had one list where it's like everything I need to do, I put on a list. But the problem with that is you have, I need to feed the dogs. Right. And then you have somewhere in there, like I need to design and develop a new model for the future. It's like, those don't go on the same list. So I have like four or five lists. So I'll have like a blade show West list. I'll have the list for what I need to get Dalton lined out on, on Monday or the list. And so I'll flip through all my lists and I'll start um, picking one to, to dig into and then move across them throughout the week. Right. uh, So you're like data. It's like a data dump. That's like, that's like the big sheet is you're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm just going to clear all the thoughts in my head yeah. that I know I have to get out. Yeah. And I'll yeah. even, I'll even have one, like my wife's birthdays in 10 days. I have a list for that because it's like, if I don't have it in the mix with right. this process, like it's going to get lost. And yeah. so some really random stuff ends up on there. Right. Um, but it's, well, we talked, we talked about like the, um, like smart goals or like smart criteria. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is so like for a goal, like smart is an acronym. So you have specific, measurable, achievable, realistic and timely. So like if you run your like to do list through that, like you actually get like a much better outcome. Mm-hmm. But it's hard when you do if you're doing like a like a monster, you can't do that with your data dump. Like you have to yeah. become like you have to break it down more. Yeah, I. I would say that for myself, it's like very similar I'm wondering if you struggle with the same thing that I do, which is I can account for certain elements of the work, but I'm actually really bad at estimating the overall completion time. Mm -hmm. And I've started to buffer it. So I think for me, it's like, I think it's an ADHD thing um, where I can focus. I can like, I can look at certain parts of the task and I can be like, yep, I know exactly how long that takes, but it's almost like I run it through the filter of best case scenario, um, with no distractions. Mm -hmm. So what I've basically been doing is going to sound crazy is like adding a margin of like 50%, Mm -hmm. almost just doubling. So like anything that I'm like, this job takes me one hour, I'm scheduling two hours for it. And it, like there's variation in it, but so far as like a, like a blanket system, it's actually been working pretty well. Mm, yeah. Um, no, that's interesting. 
that's valuable thinking forward to like shows where I have hard deadlines, but yep. I'm in a weird world where I feel like I don't deadline anything. Like when you said totally. timelines, I was like, totally. wait a minute, I've never, I wasn't thinking about that. Um, I don't but, need, I don't mean that either. Like necessarily like a timeline with a completion date show prep, which actually you are getting ready to go into right now is the one that probably has affected me like the most uh, intensely over the years, not necessarily the one that has had like the most effect, but it's like the one that I feel the most effect from. Um, and a lot of times like it'll be, it'll be in like things around finishing where I'm like, mm -hmm. I run through the process in my head. I'm like, okay, I'm going to finish these pieces. It's going to take me this long. Like this process takes this long. And like routinely it is double. And so I started looking at like why, and it's just that there's never, it's never happening inside of like a vacuum. Mm -hmm. uh, I always have a, like, you know, if I'm doing funky stuff like anodizing or patinas, like I always have pieces that fail. I have something that gets damaged. I have something that doesn't work out quite right. Mm -hmm. You know, you fix time takes longer than, you know, build time a lot. It's just, I think that when you look at, like our schedule, regardless of if it's a specific timeline or not, I think it's really easy to one, add way too much to your to-do list. And then two, not account, not give like that bleed over account of time. Mm -hmm. It's, there's like a weird like separation. Mm -hmm. Um, so I like when I do to-do list at this point, like it's basically three items. And if I get those three items done, then I can like take on something else. Um, yeah, no, that makes but, sense. John Grimsmo, he talks about on his podcast how he'll do this is very militant and it's probably good, but I don't know if it fits for all personalities. He does like a list every day of eight things mm -hmm. and he won't go to bed until they're all eight or done. <laughs> And it's like he 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 keeps track of his string of days in a row where he has not gone to bed without getting all eight done. And he'll go like hundreds of days without not getting all eight things done. It's mm. impressive. He's a, he might also be really good at knowing what his capacity is. Yeah, that's a, that's a good um, point. You know, I mean, and that's this like over the years, like why did I 10 years ago start trying to not say that I was busy is because I was doing like I was reading books around time management and like self-improvement and like business practices and all this stuff there recently I've, I've had like the um, kind of like the realization that a lot of these processes, I think we talked about this a little bit, like there, there are a lot of things that are good, good in principle or good in process, but that don't necessarily work for a given person. Mm -hmm. Right. And so starting to tailor your, your like, I don't know, your efficiency to your actual ability is way better than being like, okay, cool. I'm going to get the bullet journal and I'm going to do this, this, and this, and this is my day. And you're like, hey, my brain doesn't work like that. Yeah. There's um, a, there's a quote. I don't know if it's like one of the stoicism quotes or if it's one from like, the, the far east or something it's like an old philosopher that said something about like the man who knows himself knows all or so, it's something like that mm -hmm. um, but it makes sense of like the importance of you got to know your own capacity and what where where are you 
able to commit yourself and succeed and where should you probably not commit yourself? That's one of the hardest things. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, just knowing like, I don't know. I mean like that, that starts to go into like a deeper conversation too, because you're like a lot of what we're doing, we're doing out of interest. And so at what point do you give, do you like, look at it and go, my skill set's not good in this thing I'm interested in. So I'm not going to do it. Yeah. That starts to like push into like really, uh, I don't know, like dialed, like you're focused on business at a point. Yeah. That's a hard, that's like, I mean, I'm doing some of that stuff now and it's hard, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah. I guess like, at that point you just try to leave yourself like pressure relief, uh, valves mm-hmm. like little, Speaking of which, uh, so I've been working on my truck. That's been like my kind of downtime slash. It's weird, man. It's like nesting. It's also kind of family related and it's mechanical. So it's like all very good. What are you, what are you working on outside of the shop? So the way the last few weekends and probably the next few weekends have been going is we're doing four day weeks every Friday since going to four day weeks, we've been taking long weekends in the mountains. <laughs> and yes. so I feel like I haven't been home a weekend in a, in a minute. And so as far as like projects, I have this ATV six by six amphibious project mm-hmm. that I'm working on, but I pretty much decided that the fam and I are going to go ahead and squeeze every last drop out of the summer weather. Dude. And then hundred percent in the fall when the mountains just get too cold for the kids, then I'll start working on that thing. Yeah, that's kind of mm-hmm. that's like basically what we're doing. Um, yeah. Took the boys camping last weekend. I think I'm taking Bo out camping this weekend. Um, yeah, but it's I don't know, man. The like the gear thing is so interesting because I I think it's just systems. Like so, I'm basically like building out a new truck, new mm-hmm. camper. That's um, just fun, man. Yeah, because like, you get to use it, but it's also fun to like do the planning around it. And like work on the systems. Yep. So yep. that's been like, that's been good. My, my Jeep's been neglected a little bit in that category. I want to, I want to dig into it. The problem is like I built my last Jeep and then I, I knew like I wanted to do it a little bit differently this time, but the, <laughs> the way I want to do it now is like the most expensive way in some, in some of the aspects. And so I've been holding off. I've been spending a bunch of money on shop equipment. So that's where you G- should G- be. Jeep's pretty cool money. stock um it's pretty (laughs) eventually (laughs) yeah it's like you watch the gambler 500 videos and you're like yeah oh doing it in a hyundai yep like two-wheel drive yeah there is something to be said portals i sent you were pretty cool uh did you like look into those at all i i've been a fan of portal axles for a long time they're amazing that company Uh, is making a very nice version yeah in australia they've had uh they've been doing that for quite a while Uh, did you know this is an aside. The Humvee, you know, uh-huh. like the actual Humvee H1, the military. Yeah. Those are on portals. Oh, really? And they're independent suspension. Pretty much all the portals you see are mm-hmm. on a solid axle. So if you look under one of those Hummers, mm-hmm. they have like insane ground clearance. Crazy. Like ridiculous because yeah. they have independent, which gains yeah. you a lot of belly clearance yep. and portals. Yeah. It's ridiculous. The ground clearance is insane. You got yeah. it. Like I was looking at like for the Tacoma, it's like $30,000. Yeah. But I was watching somebody put, they put it on and they went to 39s and you're like, 
Well, it's just a different. It's just a different game. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're they're what one thing I have thought would be really cool is on the Jeep to get tracks. Oh yeah. So they do the mat tracks, you know. Um, yep. There's like I said, the cabins that we go to as a family. There's one of them that's snowmobile access only after a certain time of year. Yep. And there's a there's probably not in the deep winter could get in there with a jeep on tracks but like there are shoulder seasons that you could get in there and that would could you actually not so um i sent you that video from casey liddell a buddy out here who's got a he does it's casey's off-road recovery yeah Mm -hmm. and he he's got a track jeep yeah that's so cool dude uh, yeah i remember that that's sick like do you it's so deep snow you could you couldn't get up there like i guess like deep deep winter there's no way yeah yeah there's a point where there's just like if it's powderized like there's a point where even a snow machine is going to have to be like wrapped up like fully revved to even get through that stuff um i mean people get snow machines stuck so what does that tell you about a jeep you know what i mean yeah but if it's if it's a little bit hard packed like late Mm -hmm. season is when you'd get in like way before you could drive in but it's hard packed enough that you could drive on it. So just for fun, how long would that extend your season for going to the cabin? Quite a bit. Like, like we're well, talking, how many, like, would you get, you'd get multiple months. Yeah, probably. Yep. That's like almost warrants like a beater Jeep on tracks. I know. My, <laughs> like at some point, my brother-in-law in law and I have been talking about, it. we've been talking about getting like a, like a Honda CRV because they're so light. Oh and yeah. Putting it on that or just put anything all wheel drive or something that you could, that's light that you would just have like heat and like a little bit of comfort to ride in. We've, we've talked about it for sure. Or just buying a cat track. <laughs> cat track would be the way to go. Dude. Oh man. There was one, yeah. there was one on marketplace not too long ago. Yeah. All right. We're getting off into the, into the yeah. weeds. That's um, yeah, all right. Into the snow. Uh, yeah. Okay. But you are, so I just got done with the show. You are getting ready to go into your first show. Mm-hmm. I had a ton of thoughts. I kind of built up after this show, uh, lots of realizations, like just, it was, it was super fun. I am curious and excited for you doing your first show. And I just wanted to kind of like, see like what, where you were at in the process and like what you had planned. Mm -hmm. So I'll just go ahead and be transparent. Won't make a big reveal. Um, but I, I'm going to have, a, a green canvas tarp so like your t- real nice classic green canvas yep. that's the exact size of the backdrop so the backdrop of the booth is going to be that and then i'm the biggest thing right now as far as the booth goes that i still have to figure out is i need to get a stencil made because okay. i want to take yellow spray paint and stencil my logo like big like 36 inches right in uh-huh. the middle of that canvas oh so sick. it's got like a the yellow on green it's kind of the ammo can yeah. kind of contrast and then i've got tablecloth and stuff for the front table and a back table and we're assembling knives in the show i don't probably mention this last week but we're if you come to our table at blade show west you'll get an order form you can fill it out with all your options we'll have everything on display to choose from you bring us the order form when you're done with it we build your knife in the booth and you walk away with it and so oh wow that's the strategy um and we're actually bringing like pretty much all the knives we're bringing are going to be that way and we might have just a few that are actually assembled, like kind of custom. Okay. And then we'll just be building knives. This is a perfect process to look at from the expectations of time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when, like, when I think of shows, 
we, it's me and one other person selling product. Mm-hmm. We would not have time to assemble anything. I, I can totally agree. <laughs> and I'm actually a little bit nervous. Okay. I do have two guys with me. It's going to be okay. te- three total people. Okay. That's awesome. Um, and so Dalton, there's a good chance he's like assembling knives. Yep. He's going like, to be back there. Yeah. He's yeah. putting them together. That's, that's probably what's going to happen. Um, the, the couple efficiency things that I wanted to put in there, like I said, was the order form because where it could get problematic is if I'm like having a, a conversation about what we're building with every single knife. Exactly. Whereas if, if we have a conversation, I can explain the benefits. Like I'm not going to just ignore people, but like, this is what we have. These are the options. Here's the order form. You can take a form for free and like, you can stand here, you can look at all the options. You can go to the food court or whatever. Yeah. You can think it over. And then like, we're not going to build anything until you just come back and that's finished. Yep. And we may have to tell people like, come back in like two hours and we're like, we're a little bit behind and we'll have this thing ready for you, but it's going to be at the show. Okay. So that order form is going to be critical. Like, I don't think it'd be possible without yep. having it. And on this paper. is, a, this is an unknown. This is your first show. You don't know what on the floor demand is going to be. I don't. Yeah. Right. So if there's a lot of demand, this becomes yeah difficult. Yeah. If it's like normal, like, you know, a couple people walking up at a time. Yeah. No problem. Um, with three people, like one thing that you could do is stagger the job. So you have like Dalton doing assembly at a point. It's almost like your job is just to talk to people. Mm-hmm. Figuring out what that second person if they're not on assembly, it might be like walking people through the order form mm-hmm. or uh, like finalizing and taking payment, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. And that way you are kind of free to just have conversations with people. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was fun at USN. Joey, full, like we just had a table, not a booth. Uh, Joey just pushed me out. He's like, you can't stand behind the table. Yeah. He's like, he's like, you just go. He's like, you need to stand out there and you can talk. Yeah. But you're getting in my way of actually moving through yeah. the product with people. And he's like, yeah. you, if you're here, people will stop and talk to you, which slows down everything. So yeah. just stand on the other side. Yeah. And it's like, okay. <laughs> right. But you get it. You're like, oh yeah. Like your, your value is actually just to interact. Yeah. The, the, the big X factor that we keep beating around is like, what is the demand? I mean, that's, yeah, that's totally. ultimately what we're going to find out here is like, this may not be an issue at all. And I, I was talking to Dalton. I was like, I mean, I'm not going into this thinking like, got to make X amount of dollars, got to totally. make this all pay for itself. I'm just going in as a pure like experiment. This is yeah. just science. So we're just going to be picking up data this whole time, whether yep. this model works, whether it doesn't work, whether it's scalable, yep. we'll just, we'll find out. I love I that because it's, it's kind of gamified. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of things that we've done at shows over the year that really don't scale very well. And some of them I've held on to and they like didn't scale well. And I still do it cause it's fun. Mm-hmm. But what you're doing is like pretty unique. And at this point it's the perfect time to try it. Right. Like I think that is, I think yeah. that's pretty great. Are you going to do any type of like marketing slash like awareness ahead of time or so you just I need like to start, walk into the show i need to start doing it on instagram um i don't have like a big plan beyond that okay and uh yeah i mean for now yeah in, instagram followers mail li- email list yep. um 
we'll hit up our like direct channels here in the next week or two to yep. let people know. You've got you got then, a Facebook group now. And a Facebook group that's not huge. Uh yep. as a user group. I mean I've yep. only been making knives now for two years, so it's not not huge, but it's getting there. Yeah, but still it's good. That's like good community audience. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So So you got you're gonna put do some pushes. So you're doing I, a booth. I ordered a card reader. I've got hats Ooh, okay. for the first time coming. So I'll nice. have hats for sale. Um I got shirts not to sell. I wasn't ready to bite the bullet on that because of sizing and I, shirts I just, are a pain at shows. I, t- I figured. And so I, I ordered shirts for us so that we're all matching. So we're gonna wear the hats, the shirts. Nice. And then we'll have hats for sale. Um, like I said, I got to figure out the backdrop. Um, we're bringing our own tables instead of getting tables from okay. the show. Um, there's a couple reasons for that, but I I think we got some pretty cool looks that we're going for. I'm sure you um, do. The nice thing is like actually doing the assembly is going to be, as far as moving our inventory down there, is going to be super easy because we have two shelf racks with sliding drawers. Okay. We're just going to wrap them with saran wrap, put them yep. in the back of the Jeep, take them down there and put them back there in the back. Yep. And then I ordered like a rifle case. Yep. That is pick and pluck foam. Okay. And we're just going to put all of our sharpened tangs edge down nice. like in every the pick and plucks like perfect because yep. it's like each slit is like where you'd slide a knife in. So we'll just have a rifle case with just a row of sharpened knives and so in the back it's just a row of sharpened knives and the handles and the hardware and then sheaths. And dude, so I love it so much. We'll see, dude. I, I don't know. I think it's I think it's killer. And I, you know, what's funny is it's so you from a standpoint of like you offered like the configurator on your website. It's so like on brand for you that it you're creating like you're starting off with a digital experience and then creating a physical experience that is is like familiar. Mm-hmm. I could see this being something that like say you are doing shows and you're like oh yeah no no there's like a line and like we have to like this is the stock product it's like you could probably always get away with bringing a handful of pieces with like special materials even yeah and being like all right we're gonna these like you can combine like these materials yeah it's just so that's such a cool process are you going to make it like a visual element of the booth uh as far as the configuration as like, far the as assembly. the assembly um it's going to have to be because it's going to be behind us. But as far as a visual element, it would be a good idea, the rifle case, to have it set up in a way that you can see it back there. And it's mm-hmm. not like under a table or something. So you can see like knives. Um, no, that's a good point. Emphasizing you know, that. A, you know, it's a fun one. Dude, this would be this would be pretty fun. Imagine, <laughs> imagine like you had, imagine you had a screen up on the back wall. Right. And you've got camera pointing at Dalton doing assembly. Okay. But because of how you are doing assembly, imagine like, imagine you brought, imagine you brought the laser. Okay. This is like getting out there, but just like visualize the experience. So you're like the lasers running and you're actually just running parts that are going back to the shop. But like while you're at the show, you're doing production. Yeah. It's just like a very funny, like, cause it would stop people. People would be like, Oh, like what's going on? Like you look through the lens and you're like, Oh wow, he's like okay, he's, he's like deep laser engraving, and then like while he's doing that, he's assembling components. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like the GRS booth how there's always a guy in gr- like bright cut engraving. Engraving, or you yeah. could be you could be uh, assembling Kydex. Yeah, right. Are you gonna do yeah. sheath wise? Are you gonna have all of the like 
carry options and stuff? So with the sheaths, that is the one caveat is there is just not a way to offer full configurability on the sheath like it is on our site. It's just not possible because there's too many configurations and we Mm -hmm. can't actually like finish it. It just, we can't. Um, You can in the micro factory. uh, Right, (laughs) right. Yep. But I mean, uh, that's a fun one because like, I mean, like you could theoretically do that at some point, not that there would be value in it. Like, obviously there's a point of diminishing return, but like that's such interesting mm, movement and like work and color for people to see. Yeah. So, all right. So sheath is set. Well, what has happened, what we've gone to on our site is I made standard option black on black. Okay. And you can get a right hand or a left hand, but the standard is black on black because what I found was even when it was configurable, a lot of people just go black on black. Okay. And what I did is I made it like a tiny bit of friction to go to the custom sheath because you yep. have to go to like the parts and accessories page sure. and like add the custom sheath to your cart. Yep. And that tiny bit of friction is enough for the other people that were like on the fence to uh, black on black. So yep. it's it's like almost everything we sell on the website is black on black right now. Yeah. And so it's like, if we show up with black on black and right and left hand, it's like, I mean, you're dialed. It's pretty close. The other thing that you could do that would be like kind of fun is you could do, you could do a show special. You could just be like, all right, like Mm -hmm. I'm going to hit this colorway and we're going to have 15 sheaths in this colorway or like 15 sheath and scale sets. Yep. Um, that sounds pretty good, dude. I love the assembly, especially if it's visual. The timeline. When do you take money? Um, as far so right now, I guess I would have to think about it really specifically. But yeah. probably we'll have a stack of order forms. Yep. And you can take that with you. It's got the prices and it's got all the options. And then I still have to design that, which is on my list. And then they'll come back, and if they submit the form to us, they pay, and we like if that form is paid, then it goes to the back of the booth. Okay. Um, and so it's like they can take an order form and they can try to figure out what they want and okay. then they pay. You can make a suggestion. Go ahead. Or, or, or play devil's advocate a little bit. Okay. Gut response is you want to reduce the amount of times someone either leaves or has to come back to your table. Or change their mind. Yeah. It's valid. Because when you're in it, you're in it. When you walk away, then you have to come back. Yeah. So what is like the short, what is like the, the shortest distance between seeing the knife and paying and receiving the knife? If there's Uh a way that you can shorten that, I think, and again, this may not matter at all, but it's like a best practice thing. Yeah. Well, it could be that if they want to take the order form, we could just have, give the order forms to the people who have paid. Yep. That's the other option. That's, that would be my gut is like, you want a knife? Awesome. Here's okay. It's X amount of money. If the options are all the same price, they come back and you're like, yeah, just bring this back when you're done and we'll build your knife. Yep. So so that's a pretty smooth way to do it. That's right. And what I, what that would mean is I'd probably, cause the only price differential is different models. So I'd probably have a different form for each model. Yep. So that it's like, okay, you bought an Overland sport. You, you were secured one. Um, one nuance might be the only thing that I could see us selling out of. We're going to have excess of everything except yep. for the the tangs. If we're going to sell out, that's okay. what sells out. Yep. So it, it might be like, tell me right now 
what you're thinking stonewash Cerakote or black or Cerakote black or Cerakote coyote just yep. in case yep because you just paid like if you can yep. make that decision before you walk away i'll pick pull your, it pick your tank yeah and that way and then go finish it or maybe they know right out of the gate and they just like fill it out and here you go do you know um, some, another fun idea around this would be like imagine you had a pegboard up on the wall mm-hmm. okay so every tank you sell gets a red dot and puts on the peg yeah so it's like a visual representation of like as the knives are ordered it's like yeah and that that becomes part of that like assembly system yeah just fun like there's so many like little visual things that you could do just to have fun with that that's valid so that's pretty good for the scale options i've got an idea where so i ordered a bunch of cutting boards that are like Uh nicely finished and that's what's going to sit on like our tablecloth with the models nice and i'm going to have one cutting board that's like vertical kind of like a picture frame standing up Uh i'm going to put pegs in it so all our scales are like vertical Okay. And then we're going to have our finishes vertical, like on the other or right next to it okay. or whatever. So you're seeing it like in your face, like the options and then the models. So it'll just be one of each model on the table as yep. like, this is what the models are. This is what the options are. Nice. Not, not overly cluttered. Yeah. And that way the table's like relatively clean, but it just, it kind of looks like a, like build your own knife. And I may even have like a sign that's like, like build it today. Walk, you know, walk away something indicating like, Hey, FYI, like we're building knives in this booth, like something like that. There, I think that you have to figure out a way to frame it that makes it feel special and not like, oh, those guys are just assembling things. It's a, Mm -hmm. there's a weird, my brain is having like a weird glitch around potential phrasing. So it's Mm -hmm. almost like an in show configurator. Yeah. It's like you're taking what you're doing on your website, you're bringing it into physical space. Right you're going to explain it. And a lot of the people that are going to come by are probably going to be people who know you. What I love about that show in Salt Lake right now is it truly is a knife show in a location where people just randomly see that there's a knife show and come in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's one of my favorite. Like I love a Sunday sale. I guess in this case it would be a Saturday sale, but like a Saturday sale at 3 p.m from someone mm-hmm. who's like, Oh yeah, I saw this in the paper. It's awesome. Yeah. We, in a lot of shows, we don't have that anymore. Right. Yeah. But I, I do, I think we both had the sense last year that like, there was a lot of just p- local people in that show mm-hmm. walking around that mm-hmm. aren't necessarily like knife brand or maker familiar. Yeah. Well, Salt Lake, I mean, what a good venue as a city. So good. I mean, it's just that there's a lot of people that, own knives in salt lake i'm assuming yeah. i mean, and, uh, I mean it's it it ticks like all the boxes i think yeah okay uh next question what models do you know all of them all of them yep so little hint turns Ooh. Just okay a little, sweet i'll just sneak that in there but yeah you have a few turns yeah okay fun yeah. are you gonna have anything yeah you will because turns will be table ready if you have them mm-hmm Right. And those aren't configurable because they're, they're not, not configurable. Right. Have, so are you yeah. going to have any of your other models just ready to go? I walk up, I'm like, Hey, I got 350 bucks. I want this one. Uh, so we're going to have, uh, some signature customs. Yeah. Cool. That are just like that were, that are not any of the options you see up here Ooh. there. And there'll be like, these are what we have. We have a couple of these, couple yep. of these. So we're playing Perfect. on that too. So yeah. that kind of kills the need for like the show special that becomes the show special, mm-hmm. but that also gives some incentive for someone who's like following you to get there early. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause they're like, Oh, there's something at the table that is limited. 
that's cool. Like there's five of these. And, and I will say some of this, the finishes on the blades are Mm going to be more limited than others and stuff. So it's like, we, I just had a conversation with Dalton before I sat down for this pod because we basically just drawn a line. He finished a bunch of uh, confidants off the style today. Yep. That's the last set of knives that we can machine and get to this show. So everything from here forward that's going through, it can't, it's not going to make it. So we looked at what we had numbers wise and we put together like a plan of like, this is what we can realistically bring to the show. And there are a couple things that are a little on the skim, like thinner side. Yeah. Um, because just timing, but yeah, should be pretty good. We got pretty good volume kind of ready to go. Super, super excited. I'm excited. Man, I wish I was going now. I just want to like, I want to, I want to see the (laughs) first show, man. Right. Yeah. I'm excited, dude. And like I said, I'll have the turn there. We are going to sell a few. So nice. If you, uh, if you want some of those, sweet, check them out. Um, okay. So that sounds like that is the next part of the question is, you know, right now, you know what you're building, you have a plan and like you have a day that you're going to be done. Like, do you have an idea when you're going to finish before the show? Like, do you have a goal? Um, we're going to finish probably well before the show. Yeah. Um, because right now we're, we pretty much have the sheaths for the show. We yeah. pretty much have the scales for the show. Cause we always have those. We yeah. inventory those. We are building the knives. Like I said, like the knives that he just machined, we don't have time to get anymore. So they're going to go to heat treat for a week. Right. And then we're going to finish some of them. And I have to make the call to not just take all our inventory and try to sell it all. Yep. We may not even have that kind of demand. I'm not expecting that. But in a case where we have a ton of demand down there and we sell everything and then we come back to the shop and we're like, we have no knives. Like, I'm not going to go into that situation. You don't want to do that. Because of that, honestly, we're like a couple weeks away from just having everything ready. It's amazing. Pelican case was showing up the rifle case today. I was going to, the knives aren't sharpened. I was going to start sharpening knives and putting them in the case, like just on Monday. The case. Yeah. And then it's like, we have a rough idea of how many we're going to bring. And like, once we get that case full, we're going to shut it, put it on a shelf, and then we'll just go back to normal business. Yeah. But it's, like I said, as far as the scales and everything like that goes, is like, there's a, we have an order or we have a uh, inventory quantity on every drawer for the scales. And Dalton, one of his tasks is like keeping those all at that level. And yeah. so that is enough to just, grab it and go and yeah. it's enough to just service the show it's amazing dude um so we don't really have to think about peripheral stuff it's just tanks everything yeah the whole business that we run revolves around the logistics of making the tanks yeah that's it it's it's crazy watching your process like in this i mean for years i've tried to get to a point where i can like finish a show two to three weeks ahead of the show like have work stage for when I get back. And I've just never that type of consistency and planning is like very hard for my brain. Um, so in this stage of like reducing the amount of shows that I'm doing, but trying to make like each show kind of more mm. valuable and more special, I realize like that is the one thing that I really have to focus on. So like right now I am focusing on blade Texas mm. and like what, what I'm actually bringing. And a lot of times it's like, man, I'm getting, I'm a week out from a show and like my brain is still coming up with stuff that I want to make. Mm-hmm. I think there's value in that, but it can't be the entire process. Yeah, It's like, I have to have 80% of the show locked down and then leave myself the like weird 
uh, stress, like hyper focus creativity just at the very end. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, we're, that's pretty cool. Your way is better. Well, we're actually, the one thing I envy about your way is that like, we are actually bound a little bit to pretty much have to be done three weeks in advance yeah. because the supply chain that we have is a three week right. loop. So like I said, like right now, uh, if a knife was surface ground today and it was just going on the machine, like the math doesn't math, like right. it's not going to make it through the circle right. in time. Like it's, it's actually not an option. Yeah. Um, so it actually kind of forces us to be like, we'll take what we have kind of thing. Yeah. Luckily we do have some, so. Well, um, and the nice thing is if you, if you can get ahead of like what shows you're doing and you just say like, all right, I'm doing, you know, this is the next one. What do we want to take? Like what sold well in Salt Lake? All right, we're going to bring these models. Like these are our specials. It's literally, I just have a hard time building the list. It's like, mm-hmm. the, those are the things that I really struggle with. And it sounds like so simple yeah. and ridiculous. I just like last time I made a list the day before the show, <laughs> just yeah. for myself to finish the thing that I'd been telling myself to do yeah. for the last month. I was like, here's what I'm taking. And when I wrote that list, I left things on the bench that up until that point I was planning on yeah. taking. I was like, yeah, yeah prioritize. I, just, I just need to do this. Yeah. Even if I have to do it like a couple times, like I start off with this list, I build and I see like, okay, I can't get that done or, or I can get more done and then mm-hmm. like readjust. But it's like, there has to be, I think that makes show prep hard for a lot of makers. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're doing like one off two off kind of things, yeah, it's easy in a way to be like, Oh yeah, I'm going to like figure it out as I go. Yeah. doesn't make the show easier. Yeah. Um, okay. What about, what about post show? Do you have any plan for like active recovery or slash like a break? Um, we might throw in a, another downshift somewhere in there. We'll have yeah. to see. But do you guys like uh, it? Like you come back on Sunday. Do you yeah. guys fire back up Monday? So the way I wrote it all out in like our, in the employment contract when we got Dalton on board and I had it set up where if he works, I believe it's like Thursday and, or Friday and Saturday. It's like that moves to the Monday, Tuesday being the weekend for him. Yep. Um, I need to double check the exact wording and how yeah, they yeah. had that set up. But I like we had it at some point set up. So it's like a rotating weekend for him. Yeah. So what I'll be doing, I'm not sure. Sure. Um, but for him, yeah, there'll be a break involved. A little break. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm just curious because this is, this essentially is your like first time on this side of the table. Mm-hmm. So like normally shows aren't like a big drain on you. Cognitively, you come back mm-hmm. like pretty psyched. I, there's a very good chance that you come back psyched from yeah. doing this. You just fired we'll up and ready to go back to work. We'll see for sure. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 really curious, man. Like you said, it's my first time on that side. I have been in a booth before, but it wasn't like it wasn't like this. You know what right. I mean? I, it's, I've been in That's other your people's booth. booths and stuff. Yeah, your booth's different it's, game. It's, di- it's different. Um, taking any like smalls, any small stuff, any show stuff. Um, it's looking like I may have to pull a page out of your book and get some of those like uh, Nathan's knife kits going or something. Yeah. But I'm not going to be able to get anything custom going in time, yeah. but yeah, like you got hats that, yeah. Hats, Dude, just like, do, do, do like 10 Nathan's knife kits Yeah, and yeah. just give them away. Yeah. Um, your timeline, how long do you have? 
how long do I have till the yeah, show? Like when it's like yeah. the 13th. So it's like three weeks, three weeks. Um, yeah, I was going to say a patch would be a very good idea, but that's like yeah. maybe a short timeline. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I did do some checking on a few different things and like yeah. even stickers, like pretty much yeah. everything. I'm like down to the wire. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of things I wish I'd done better in that regard, but I, I just kind of thought we need to focus on this time around. We have to build the booth the second yeah. time around. We can improve the booth, but at least we have the basis. Yeah. You, yeah, know? you have the process. So and... this time, like my whole list involved, like I don't have a card reader. I don't have a POS yeah. system set up. I don't have a cash drawer. I don't, yeah. you know what I mean? Like that was the, the bulk of the list. That's a one and done. Um, so Dude, I do have my cash drawer sitting cash right apron. Here. I've my, never had a cash drawer. Set it on our coffee table <laughs> and the kids were just like open and closed and like putting crayons in it. So yeah. Dude, that's like that's good that's good parenting though too, right there. Like cash drawer on the counter, like mm-hmm. you gamify maths. Yeah. Yeah. Like giving well, change. Beck and I were gonna go get some monopoly money once Dude. here pretty soon. Yeah. Let like play stakes. Load that hey, thing up. Try to buy buy some stuff from her, see what wares she has. That's funny. I remember like fourth grade, we had like the math class had something like that where you could like, you could do math problems and then like get like paid and then you could use that in like the little math store shop. Yeah. Get a sticky hand. And yeah. 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 Dude. Good stuff. I feel like if I have employees again, I want to do that. Speaking (laughs) of sticky hands, I, you know what? Like it may be a spoiler alert. I was kind of thinking about ordering some sticky hands. (laughs) They're so funny. I don't know. Uh, okay, two things. One, I'm fully on board for you bringing giant sticky hands to give out <laughs> to kids at a knife show. Yeah. Chaos. Yeah. Uh, but also those should probably just go in your boxes. Yeah. Because that's good. Tell them, like, here you go. You can have a sticky hand. Don't tell any of the other makers <laughs> who gave this to you. Because uh, when you put a sticky hand on an eighteen thousand dollar forged knife, like oh, it God, wasn't me. If you put <laughs> sticky hand with Schwartz on it, you're gonna have to yeah. do a shirt that says "Clean Knives, Sticky Hands." Yeah, right, <laughs> dude. That's, that's the, awesome. this is the most fun thing. This is the most fun thing about shows. Like if you if you realize that you are not like um if it, you're not going to like a trade show in a super corporate sense mm-hmm. you can just have so much fun with it yeah yeah i think that that's like that was my big takeaway from usn was like i just man i enjoy it when i can make it fun and other yeah. people can have fun it, it was funny so i had i have never taken a fixed blade to a knife show that did not have a knife sheath right it's just like if, if for me it's not done Mm-hmm. but I, over the years, like I've seen a lot of guys show up with like a cardboard sheath or like a knife wrapped in like paper towels. Cause they got the knife done. They just didn't finish a sheath. And so I had like posted in my group. I was like, I feel like this is like a milestone for me. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like a real knife that. maker, got my knife with no sheath. Yep. I ended up, I ended up selling that knife and the knife out of my pocket. <laughs> and those two things were some of my favorite interactions out of the show because they were really fun, Mm -hmm. but it was also like unstructured. Cause like, I didn't know what I wanted for the knife without a sheath. I didn't know. I I didn't have a plan to sell my, my knife that was in my pocket. And so like a couple guys that got together to like figure out like the pricing on it. And like, it was just a really fun experience. 
And it made me think back to like old school blade shows with like kit and like those guys like selling a knife out of their pocket. And I was like, all right, like that's amazing. That's like, that was the most fun. It was a great connection. It's little things like that. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's that's like very real, very human. It's like, yeah, like always have something to give away, you know, I want to, that's a good one. I wish we could see like security cam footage of him carrying that knife like to his hotel. You know what I mean? He posted I pictures of it. He like posted yeah. pictures of it like strapped to his backpack in the cardboard. Yeah. yeah. Stuff like new sheet. Put prototype on the cardboard. That's awesome. Oh man. Yeah. Dude. Okay. That's tiny good. aside. Yep. Bussy has been yep. selling fixed plates for how long? They don't ever sell sheets. Dude, I didn't know that. Um that's amazing. Ever. Like if you go on their site, they have links to other people that make sheets. Even today. I don't hate it. Yeah. To be completely honest. Um, it's like I remember when I first started making folders and I was like, oh man, these things are hard. But and you're like, don't have to make a sheath. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like, and yep. at that point I was like hand sewing like these big leather sheaths for everything. Yeah. And yeah. Um sheaths are a thing, man. Like speaking to that uh vacuum pump idea, because I yep, that was another thing maybe we could mention. But like the I mean we have to get that more efficient because like the sheaths eat time. I yeah. mean, it's like they just do. It's and crazy. And you are like, dude, you are efficient. So you have to think about like the majority of people making Kydex as in some form of knife making are not as efficient as you. Not everyone. Okay. But the majority. You're very efficient. The fact that you are looking for more efficient solution i think is kind of like a testament to your other processes hmm. um that's Could crazy be. yeah well Do you it, actually see the vacuum pump speeding it yeah you you do yes because yeah. it's your mold time the the cool down time and the ability to batch steps as opposed yep. to uh just like right now it's a one piece flow you know you get yep. the Kydex up and really you're not working on the next one until that one's done in a box. Yep. So it's like this, you're batching the steps. You're not walking to the grinder, to the CNC, to the heater. You're not, it's just, a, you're doing the one thing until you get like X amount and then you do the next thing until they're done. And so the batching of steps is like just an accelerator. Is, so I've only seen videos. Do you think you would be able to do multiple components in one press? Multiple components, like like multiple, multiple sheath knives. components. Yeah, in like, can you do a front side, back side? In yeah, you can. Yeah, so y- the way we're planning on doing it is front and back are going to be yep. paired, and so it's every single draw of like yep. the vacuum is. So the is question would finished. be, can you do two front and backs? Uh, I assume so. I inside mean, yeah. of that, because it's like a square, and they also yeah. make like custom ones. Are you going to do a like a standard model first? Like from that, like from the vacuum company, uh, like as far frame, as like, oh no, they no. probably make like a standard size, right? So I, this is a good point. I watched some videos online and I got some thinking done on it and I was okay. planning on having an aluminum platform that okay. you see all over the place where it's like, this is your vacu- vacuum platform and you build your fixture and put it on it. Yep. And I was designing like my own vacuum platform and I was thinking through everything and I was, and I realized like the vacuum platform does nothing so 
I'm not using a vacuum platform, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to buy one inch thick HDPE, which is like cutting board. Yep. You can get it one inch thick. You can get it cut, saw cut to like any dimension. Yep. Stupid cheap. So like okay. a block that's big enough to do like my sheaths, just one knife okay. is $15 for the whole okay. piece of plastic. We're going to, you know, 3D machine the top of it to have the contour of the butterfly. Like imagine the knife cut lasered in half and split apart. Yep. Like a butterfly. Yep. 3D machined into the plastic. We're going to drill like pinholes. So you just get like a, you know, 16th inch drill or whatever. And you drill some strategic holes because mm-hmm. you have to have somewhere for the vacuum to get. So like in your choil, in your, like in the front of the handle, right. anywhere that you have like a, a little area, right. you drill a little tiny hole. So we'll drill that like almost all the way through the, the plastic. And then on the bottom of the plastic, we'll have some slots that connect all those holes together. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. And then, and then you drill a hole in the side of the block that you thread like a uh, push to connect fitting into for the air, for the vacuum. And then I'm going to have a standard block size and I'm going to have acrylic laser cut because there's a website, Send Cut Send. Yep. Love them. Yep. I'm going to have them cut pieces of acrylic that match the bottom. And then you just silicone the acrylic to the bottom that seals all your little channels. Got it. So you now have like a sealed block that has a port that goes through all these little pinholes to where you're trying to get the vacuum. And it, it just occurred to me that the, the aluminum bases that you see can be replaced by like a $1 piece of acrylic. Yeah. Because that's the only thing it does is it seals the bottom. Super interesting. Um, so they'll all just be independent blocks with acrylic on bottom that you just push your nylon hose into you uh you have to have a frame which i might just buy like an over-the-counter frame because those are cheap because they need to be adjustable to some Mm -hmm. extent so it's like a picture frame you heat your kydex up you lay it on top set the frame on it to seal the kydex you kick on your vacuum have a little ball valve right close by and then i don't know what the the cool down time is i actually haven't seen that information but i know it's going to be way faster than in foam because it's exposed to air and so if you had like a little fan above it like you have actual cold air hitting it versus in a foam you have two inches of foam right, on each side of insulating. it insulating it yeah so it's like just strip the heat out of it with some air movement hopefully right because essentially you just have a membrane over it and if you were to cool that membrane even so you actually don't need the membrane um if the frame covers the perimeter of the kydex itself yep you don't need the membrane you only need Got the membrane it. what i think a lot of guys use membrane because it makes it more universal so yeah, if you're yeah, a holster yeah. guy yep you, you might get got some guy's hog leg in there that's yeah 12 you've inches got a, long. it gives you flexibility yeah. of size yeah so with me it's like they're all going to be the same so it seals the kydex to the block by pushing on the picture frame the, the vacuum just sucks on the kydex only Oh, I'm so curious. I have to see it. I, I watched a video where that was exactly what they were doing. And up until I saw that video, I okay. thought I needed a member. You, you got to send that to me because like, I kind yeah. of can understand what you're saying, but I'm not like verbal to and images. I will say my... too, like, I am just speaking hypothetically. I may find some of uh, these things seen, I'm saying. I mean, but don't if you've work. seen a video of it happening, yeah. like you can at least run that through your process. So, so the current idea is all of our plastic blocks will have the same pin location. So yep. in the, in the top of the block, okay. there'll be like quarter inch pins that are like, okay. like an eight inch square or six inch square. So the kydex is going to form to the knife and to yep. the pins. 
So you get like these four locating pins that are like molded into your piece. Yep. The machine has a, a op one that's generic that just has four pins. You slip it on there and have like a simple clamp. And it uh, just depending on the model, the program will drill the holes for op one. And then you move the Kydex to op two where you put like three bolts in through those holes and then it just cuts the perimeter. So the idea right now is you have one cooling down, you have two in the machine, you hit cycle start, it does op one and two. In that time, theoretically, you take the first one off. And so at any point, there's three and you're just moving through. And so ideally, the cool down time will be fast enough that you're not ever waiting. That's what we hope for. And so you're just, you have a box on your right hand side. You have a box of flat kydex on your left hand side. And you're just doing a little loop like that. And after you have the box of just like butterfly pieces of sheaths, you take your box, you go over to the the eyelet press start putting eyelets in, then you take that box, you go over to the grinder, you finish. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the theory right now. Dude, can't wait to see it. You're going to have to document some of it. Yeah, for sure I will. Well, definitely, I need to get YouTube videos going. That's a... That's a... Just one more thing. Sore subject. Yeah. <laughs> one more thing. In my head it is. In my head to it is. not be busy yeah. and do. Yeah. Oh, Dude, okay. I feel like I feel like that was a pretty good a pretty good shop update. Slash yeah, conversation. Yeah. Um should we call it? Let's call it. I gotta pack okay. up and go to the go to the mountains again. Six thirty in the morning tomorrow. <laughs> Delightful, man. Yeah. You guys are going to the cabin? Actually it's a it's kind of a guy's trip, so it's like just family. Um, oh the dude, men in awesome. the family. So we're going up there and uh just because earlier, I think I mentioned we had to like save the cabin from demise by like pouring concrete. Yep. Is and we it saved? realized that was, yeah. And that was like a guy's trip. Yeah. All we did was like get stressed and like pour concrete and yeah. work <laughs> for like four days. And we're like, let's go back up there one last time and like drink beer in the cabin and not fix it. Famous last so, words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're all in there <laughs> drinking beer and it <laughs> collapses. Yeah. Gotta put it back up. Yeah. <laughs> Nice, yeah. man. I think I'm going to pick Bo up from school cool. tomorrow and take him camping out by a lake. Nice. Um, nice. Same little, little dude. It's funny, man. He's like, he's six and he just like, I'm seeing, he like really needs like dad and mm-hmm. Bo time, like away yeah. from his brother and away from his yeah. mom. So yeah. trying to do it a little bit. That's great. All right. Cool. Guys, awesome. thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Um, yeah. Leave us a review. Appreciate it. Peace guys. See you next week. Later.